Bush here with Hig Talks. Today, my guests are Alex Carroll and Kelsey Carroll, uh, two actually very good friends of mine and uh, the founders of Stand Up Stations. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Glad you're here. Just kind of like with all of our podcasts, really what we want to do and start with is just kind of knowing a little bit about y'all. So tell our listeners just a little bit about kind of each of your backgrounds. Uh, Kelsey, I'll let you start just kind of you know, how did you even uh, get into business? Where are you from? Those things. I grew up in Long Island, New York, and I um, went to Georgetown University to run track. And my senior year, I almost got out of school, you know, just going that, back to New York, living that life uh, until I met Alex here. And um, he's very, he's a risk taker, entrepreneur. I was an English major. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and so we, met quickly fell in love and just my life took a different turn to texas and we've been married 10 years now and have had multiple businesses together and a couple of kids and tell our listeners too like what you did prior to y'all kind of joining forces in the entrepreneur space i barely remember but <laughs> um i think you know looking back my my dad he worked for himself he was a real estate appraiser mm. i joked that he uh I thought he was a photographer because he would go around and take pictures of properties and which is before Zillow and yeah, things like that. Yeah. People used to get the pictures developed. So um, he worked for himself and I kind of liked being able to spend time with him. So I saw the merits in that. On the other hand, my mom was very corporate and she you know, took the train into the city every day and worked. So I kind of was a little bit more risk averse than say when I met Alex and he was just gung ho and I was like, let's Let's go on an adventure. Yeah, what's kind of fun about, so my name's Alex. I grew up uh, here in Dallas, Texas. Went to school at Georgetown, met Kelsey. Uh, I was always kind of doing like entrepreneurial things. I was doing like selling mistletoe on the side of the road uh, growing <laughs> up. I would do like a lawn mowing business. Yeah. I would do like selling the wrapping paper, which I kind of hated the wrapping paper sales yeah. for some yeah. reason. That was my <laughs> least favorite. Uh, but when I went to Georgetown, I did a couple different entrepreneurial things. One of them being we made a, a feature documentary called Beware of Christians. Uh, and it was fun. We got to like negotiate and broker a deal with Sony's Christian division called Provident Films. Nice. Um, and where that goes with Kelsey and I is we had made this film while we were in college. Mm -hmm. And we had an opportunity to tour it around the country and show it to different churches, colleges, high schools all over the place. So Sony was going to partner with us and we did this whole thing. Right. That's when I convinced Kelsey not only to do that, but also to get married. Um, <laughs> and so our entrepreneurial journey started with literally buying a van in a parking lot. We named it Laverne <laughs> and then we drove it for two years. We did 162 shows all over the country, showing it to tens of thousands of people. Kelsey, and were you on this? She's on this. Too? Yes. No, this is like. That's we, why you're like, what'd you do before? And I'm like, yeah. I don't remember. I was like, how did you not even say this? <laughs> we literally got in a van. I graduated Georgetown in three and a half years so that we could go do this. Yeah. And the stories that we have from that tour are like on another planet. One of them being like, Kelsey literally gets on her phone and figures out how to get on prices right when we were in California. And we got on <laughs> prices right. And we. Will, our director, won nice. a trip to Durango, Colorado, and then she used that as a press release to pitch to Fox News, got on the front page, and we made like the most money we'd ever made in one day because of her <laughs> skill set. 
so it's just awesome. kind of like the hustle marketing that we learned uh, entrepreneurial yeah. early but that yeah that's kind of like what we did from yeah. college to yeah. right out of it and yeah. so kind of following up with that obviously i know a bit of y'all's journey so tell our listeners some of then okay so you're driving around a van you're going all over the country <laughs> uh you're doing movie stuff so then kind of what led to your first kind of entrepreneur journey i guess after that in terms of the events stuff that you were doing yeah so it's kind of like a crazy winding road like yeah. any entrepreneur but we you know in college we had started a company called hoy connection before the film um and that was fun because we got to like really sharpen our sales skills mm-hmm. of like how to sell door to door to restaurant owners in dc and so we kind of took that and we said okay let's raise money for a narrative feature film not a documentary yeah. um, so we set out to make a film called Believe Me, which was about four college seniors who make a fake charity and steal money from people. <laughs> kind of like our experience on the road. Yeah. Uh, the power of platforms. Um, we, we didn't steal Minus money. the stealing money. Minus part. the stealing yeah. money. It was more just uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, funny experience. So we did that. Uh, we lived in Austin. We raised money for that movie. We just went on that whole journey. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, we found out that movies don't make money. Uh, most of the time <laughs> so that was a, a hard thing yeah. to go through another learning experience uh, once we finished that we moved back to Dallas mm-hmm. I got the stereotypical job in Dallas which was working commercial real estate and I like that, everyone in Dallas. Yeah, yeah like everyone in Dallas <laughs> uh, and then that didn't last long and then from um, from working in commercial real estate we both had always had this idea of like Man, when we go to the Cowboys game and a guy like in a Ford Polo comes up to us with an iPad and asks us to like sign up for a raffle, we're always like, could brands do this like a little bit better? Yeah. Like, could we do something that's fun? Like, and... hey, I'll give you a koozie if you sign up for this credit card. Yeah, or like, yeah. Just, like, it's all just kind of ridiculous. So yeah. toss-up events, our next business was born out of that mm. kind of bad experience. So we wanted to create a fun game that was engaging, that was brandable, that could scale. And so that was kind of movies commercial real estate then going into the events business called it was toss-up events yeah and it seems like a lot of like a random collection of things but looking back there was there was a path that each thing led to the next Mm -hmm. so even with hoya connection our job was to promote these local businesses on campus and it was right when you know facebook was starting up so we'd create a facebook event and you know people would actually reply and go to these things i know i know and no we would fly or two but that's just like a college (laughs) thing so we'd like print out thousands of flyers put them everywhere and so basically we're learning by doing how to convince people to do things like Mm -hmm. how to convince people to go places and so then with the beware of christians tour like we were coordinating you know 100 to 500 person event at each one of these campuses that we'd never been to nor did we know anybody i mean maybe we knew like one or two people that would help us out um but getting people to go to those shows was really important because we would do them for free and the only way that we'd be able to keep going is by selling merchandise so we were we felt like we were the first people to use square so we would go the square app you know, the merchant Mm -hmm. to swipe the credit card. We would go to the campuses, we would get volunteers, we'd say, download the app, log in, and then they're all of a sudden 10 point of sale. Right. And so that was like very new. How many years ago was that? Like eight years ago. I mean, now it's pretty commonplace, but at the time we felt like we were innovative and on the cutting cutting edge of that. And so then when it came to toss up, it was like we'd taken all these learnings that 
we didn't really plan out, oh, we're going to learn how to do all these things like you do if you go to school. Um, but we're going to put those into action because we know how to put on events really well and we know yeah. what people are looking for. There's also another like common thread here that I see with y'all of like, y'all have like a lot of hustle and every one of these endeavors requires a lot of that, like just willingness to be like, let's just figure it out and let's bust our tail and, and find a way to make it happen. Where do you think that comes from for each of y'all? I think a lot of it can be like, we're a little naive, <laughs> like when you're younger yeah. and like you don't really understand what it takes to start and run a business because mm. you run the performa beforehand. You're like, this makes sense on paper, but you really don't know mm. what the cost is to yeah. run it. So I think there's some of that. I think it just comes from like how we were raised as athletes too, like having that grit. I mean, Kelsey ran the steeple chase, which is like, yeah. literally they put like water in the track that you <laughs> yeah. have to run It's like, this isn't hard enough. Let's yeah. put some water there. <laughs> so that's like, she was really tough. You know, I, playing football, like you have to be tough. And, and so I think those, the upbringing of that and just having that grit and determination like translates into mm -hmm. business. Also think we were both really fortunate to have the understanding that like, no one else is gonna do anything for you. Sure. So just because we started toss up events doesn't mean that like you can expect these random people to go set it up for you. Like you always have to like do everything you can to manage the process well. Right. I think what people you know, toss up events ended up doing events at the national championship for Dr. Pepper, but if you would have seen us two and a half years before, you would have said, There's no way that that's ever gonna happen. Yeah. We were like in a U Haul setting it up for a Boy Scouts event by ourselves with scaffolding, <laughs> you know? So you start yeah. from there right? and then you look where it goes and Kelsey would say like, I, yeah, I can't believe it took that long. Like it, we worked so hard to get it there. Right. Um, and then when you're finally there, it's like, okay, I gotta grow even more to make shareholder value, right? Cause we had investors. Sure. So it wasn't just about making money for us. Like we had to make money for the people that invested in us. Yeah. But then obviously, that business died with COVID, so we'll get there. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, where does it, where does like the risk take, risk tolerance come from? I think our faith, like our shared faith that mm. um, it's all house money and right. you know, it's just life is, is short and so we might as well try some stuff. <laughs> and that came, you know, that came front and center with when COVID happened and our events company just completely stopped. It was like, well, you know, we'd worked really hard. We did everything the right way and it still didn't work. And right. so it's kind of, it was like when it came time to figure out what we were going to do next, we were like, well, we've already lost everything. So well, that's we might as well. Yeah. That's like the perfect lead in. So <laughs> explain to tell that story. Like what, what happened then? So toss ups is doing great, successful. I mean, y'all were at TCU, you're at yeah. a lot of different colleges and NFL yeah. stadiums and you're killing it and you're hauling stuff all over the country. You've yeah. got employees and then COVID happens. So, yeah. yeah, I think like there's no other way to explain it beyond just like, you know, we, we both believe that like God has a plan for our lives and, and that's a huge part of like how we approach this. But like, I don't think if you're listening to this, I don't think you can really like, I'll try to draw you in. Like, it's such a weird time that it happened because we had spent three years of our lives literally grinding event by event, slowly getting to a point where we felt like we could actually make money and also just like run a business that was sustainable. Mm. And so that weekend, March 12th, 
was literally the first weekend where Kelsey and I looked at each other and we're like, did we push the ball up the hill all the way? Like, are we, are we there? We were doing 13 events all over the country, Madison Square Garden, Houston Rodeo, like event in Austin for the Gladiator, like all yeah. these great events. NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson was like playing our game yeah. and the Daytona 500 were like, okay. It was like out of a movie and, I, and I'll never forget, like I got a phone call from a top executive at HEB and he was pretty much like, hey, we're canceling, HEB is really smart and was out ahead of everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, and they canceled all their events for the next three to four months, which for us was millions of dollars. And so I just like, everything went out of me like i was having an out-of-body experience i'm like driving in a trailer to austin because like we didn't have enough people to f do all these events and then i got it was like it literally was a movie i got a call from all 13 people my events canceled my events canceled then you get on the news and it's just all over and so the weird thing was is the event industry felt the pains of COVID before anyone else mm -hmm. everyone else is like it was like a little bit later because yeah. the event people like they had to decide right, right, right then and there so i got home from austin and the nba canceled their season that's when i was like oh okay like this is yeah this is real yeah so when it all got canceled we had to like take a deep breath and be like okay everything that we worked for for three years is to zero um one of our main investors who's very wise and has been a great mentor of mine gave me the best advice that same day he said, hey, tomorrow you need to let every single employee go mm. immediately. Wow. Because he knew events weren't coming back anytime yeah. soon. But my phone call to him was, hey, I need more money <laughs> to, <Yeah>. cover, <laughs> to cover the gap here. Right. Um, and so we had to have those like tearful conversations and let every single employee go, cut every expense. You know, you're like getting on your credit card and it's like, oh, what else are we paying for? It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Hey. What are we subscribed to? Yeah. So it's like cancel every subscription. This is all happening like in one day. Wow. Canceled everything. Got rid of everything. And then, uh, yeah. And then our new business. So how long? <laughs> so obviously that's a tearful, prayerful. What do we do? Moment in time. How long were you in that limbo until you're like, what's next? Like, like how did you? How did you bridge that gap? And, and then how did the stand-up stations idea even come into your mind? It was not very long. Uh, we're, Alex is pretty impatient and he needs to be working on something. And so, of course, we had, you know, the two weeks of stay-at-home order and we spent time with the kids. Um, but we were kind of thinking like, okay, if events did come back in the next few months, which if you remember during COVID, it was like, oh, this will be for like a month and then we'll we'll get back to normal or this will be for a couple of weeks. Um, we're like, what would make people feel more comfortable being at events? And so we thought of, you know, things like hand sanitizer or just making the games more individual rather than large groups. We had, you know, nobody had any idea again about like how the virus spread. And I think it was still called coronavirus at the time, but um, yeah, it was just a couple of weeks and then we started thinking, okay, so hand sanitizer stations, let's look at what's at the market. The Purells of the world were, were like everybody else. They were shocked by COVID and they were not prepared. And so we saw an opportunity to potentially make our own stations and make them a little bit nicer to differentiate it from what everybody's used to. And so Alex uh, worked with 
one of our guys that creates the games, who's an iron worker and yeah, iron worker. <laughs> what is he? He owns a fab shop, but yeah. He owns a fab shop, <laughs> a and he's got a team. <laughs> and he was, and he, <laughs> he was, uh, he was not doing anything either, right? So he's oh. like excited to work on this. Yeah, and so every idea when you've been married for ten years, I, I've like looked back. I'm like, oh, that was Kelsey's idea. Dang it! It's like literally everything is always her idea. So I, I'm just like the executor yeah. of the good ideas that she has. She's like the quarterback, and you're the running back. So. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm having another baby, so you just go do this. And yeah. <laughs> that's pretty but accurate. It's, uh, <laughs> but what was fun about it is that Kelsey had the the intuition of like, what are we as events gonna need? We're yeah. gonna like to come back to be within regulation. It was gonna be hand sanitizer stations it was going to be hand sanitizer in general so we started looking in the marketplace for that couldn't find it yeah couldn't find stations so like kelsey said matt at reliable designs which works out of quinlan texas here it's not very far from here and i got with him he had nothing to do so we prototyped two stations a deluxe and a premium is what we were calling them and then from the time that i let all the employees go to when we had a working prototype it was like one and a half weeks. Wow. And so we had this station and then we had to, and this is where some of the like the crazy entrepreneurial stories come in that I think people, people see the ending of stand-up stations and they're just like, you don't really know what it took to like take those risks. Right. And so one of the risks was we had the stations developed. I had a guy who could make them. I had the dispensers cause I was just buying dispensers on Amazon. I was buying, right manual dispensers because automatic dispensers were impossible to get mm -hmm. and so we had to make a stand that was heavy enough to withstand the push of a manual dispenser hmm. so we did that and then we couldn't find hand sanitizer like hospitals <laughs> couldn't find it yeah. right and so we found a guy um dp in california how'd you uh, even find this guy just like, found you... him online just on a, linkedin just a, oh yeah on linkedin i saw him posting yeah. about linkedin he was a legit chemical company in California, it's called Nugentex. You can look him up, Nugentex. <laughs> I love that guy, uh, Donato. Yes. Yeah, and I called, so I didn't call him. I emailed him, they didn't answer. I found his number on LinkedIn, and I called him every five minutes <laughs> for like the entire day. Goodness. Like I just kept calling him. Yeah. And I knew he'd eventually answer. Cause like, that's so annoying. Yeah. And older people, no offense, don't know that you can just click and like block the number. Yeah. yeah. He didn't do that. <laughs> so he kept getting in the ring, click, clicking ignore. I think it took like 20 calls. So I called him 20 times. He answered. And I was like, listen, was he annoyed when he answered? No. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I literally can't yeah. pick up my phone. Like it's so busy. Yeah. And so he, I called him, I said, I need hand sanitizer. Long story short, he said, if you want hand sanitizer, you need to pay me $100,000 and I'll give you a semi truck full and it'll come to you in 40 days. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, can I get a sample? Can I get anything? Yeah. He's like, here's the SDS sheet, which I didn't know what that was at the time. Here's the details of it. Here's the packaging. Here's what it's going to look like. And that was it. So I came downstairs. I told Kelsey, I was like, hey, we have a credit limit on our credit card of $100,000. And we didn't really have any money at the time because our business had just went to zero. Yeah. And so I said, I said, hey, Kelsey, can we, uh, what do you think about buying $100,000 on our credit card of hand sanitizer? My way of convincing her at the time was like, if it's bad, we can at least, uh, what do you call it? 
fraud? No, yeah, we can mark that transaction as fraud Yeah. with the credit card. So we had some outs, right, right. Right, where we could just say like, hey, we got scammed, like this guy said he would do it, he didn't deliver the goods. Mm -hmm. So I was like reading the code, the, like the fine print of the right. credit cards you know, <laughs> contract that you signed. But yeah, we swung for it. So we bought, we Goodness. spent $100,000 having no clue, and then you gotta wait 45 days. <laughs> And so just to see if he's real or not. Yeah. And so, yeah. We, yeah. so we prepped. We prepped everything. So we got the stations. Yeah. So you, in the meantime, you're investing in other stuff too, right? I mean, yeah. you're having to build the stations. Well, and we're building the brand too. So at that point, we didn't have stamp stations as a name. Yeah. So Kelsey and I are in the kitchen, like whiteboarding, like what's the name going to be? And we hated toss up events because it was just like Alex at tossupevents.com. Everyone's like pop pop up events, <laughs> top pop pop top, and they're like. Let's just have a name that's like really easy that you say it once. So stand up stations. It's like really hard to mess that up. Yeah. Yeah. I still have the piece of paper. I have like our kids easel in, the, in our kitchen and I like a marker and I was what like. What were some other names? Do you remember any of them? Yeah. Oh yeah. What was some of the other ones? Up level. Oh yeah. Up level stations. That's and then we try to make like acronyms with our initials and the kids names. And it was just kind of like. Yeah, but, the, but like, are we overcomplicating like, this? Yeah, yeah like the whole point was. Like, oh, we had like a big, we had a big discussion. Are we going to call it stands? Or are we going to call stations? Because station sounds more expensive yeah. than a stand. Yeah. We actually that like the market changed because of that. I think like the, it's called a station now, and that keyword changed from search volume. That was another yeah. advantage we had is like when you typed in stand up stations, we weren't competing against mm. anything else in yeah. terms of like SEO and everything else. So like we yeah. were able to get to the top really quickly right. with that yeah but we were we built the brand we built the you know we had to build an e-commerce site we had to build all these pieces but we also had we were fortunate to have cash in the bank from toss-up because we cut all the costs yeah so we had a couple hundred thousand to like invest in these mm -hmm. things yeah um i didn't feel comfortable betting the company money on the hand sanitizer because it was so much yeah so from the investor standpoint i told the investors like I'm going to take this swing. Yeah. So you have the same investors along for the ride yeah. then, from so toss we, up straight into stand up. Yeah. So we converted them. We just said, Hey, I never actually, <laughs> one of the investors that we had a celebration dinner at the end of stand up stations, he goes, just so we're clear, Alex, you never asked permission to, to spend the money on stand up stations. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I didn't ever call any of you. So I never called and asked or did anything. We just did it. Uh, we felt like it was the best use of time and money. And so when we bought the hand sanitizer, we'd spent all this money. Then finally, when the hand sanitizer actually got to our, you know, it was delayed a week. So it was, I think it ended up being only 30 days. Yeah, it was pretty fast. Because that was like March. Yeah. So like the middle of April we got. Did you have stations ready for yeah. it when it got there? Oh, we had everything. Yeah. We were just like literally waiting every day. Did you have any orders at this time? Like how, yeah. how's the marketing happening? So <laughs> we started, we had everything ready. We started just kind of reaching out to anyone we could think of in Dallas, and then it's like restaurants, yeah, or so like offices. Could, yeah, so our like, friends actually, um, they're small business owners. Uh, they own two pure bar franchises nice. in Dallas, and so we knew that was like a national brand. We're like, oh, if we can get just one pictures of one in their studio with the logo, yeah. that would make us seem more legit. And yeah. then the other one locally yeah. was one. Well, it's like Matt. It's you know Matt Owen yeah, and yeah. Marissa Owen own those pure bars, and then Ryan O'Dwyer had OCI, his like real estate group. So I was like, oh, I'll design one for OCI. We'll design one for Pure Bar. Yeah, we'll get the photography for that. And then I was fortunate. We knew the the owners of Mikasina or the owner of Mikasina, and so we texted him, and we're able to just that was a hustle deal too. Mm -hmm. It was just like. 
as soon as his supply chain manager asked me, you know, the details, I was like, hey, can I just come to your house right now? <laughs> so I came to the guy's house, you know, during COVID, yeah. showed him the stations out of the back of my car and was just like, we can get these to you in two days. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, we've made, you know, we made a couple hundred. And so the first deal that Are we restaurants made, even accepting people at this time or what's the um they were just not preparing in dining. for people to come back gotcha. yeah because at this time they were like okay people will come back in a couple weeks under right. covid protocols right? Right. right right so like they were trying to prepare they were not prepared they they didn't have the stations they yep. couldn't get anything from their normal suppliers right so Mikasina was like a we got every Mikasina, two stations per Mikasina. so that was like got us like we designed the stand for them. We got the station, you know, like we did it all. So when the sanitizer arrived, we went straight to Mikasina, yeah. put them all in there. And then from there, Kelsey did the press release and we got on Good Morning Texas, which was a great. I remember that vividly. I remember like all of a sudden mm -hmm. being like, oh look, they're on TV. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so that was like very, very quickly because we saw the rest of the world slow down, mm. understandably. Everything came to a screeching halt. Everybody kind of went home and spent time with their families, which we were doing. But we, when we were spending time with our family and the kids went to sleep, we were trying to hustle and try to save our, our company and our livelihood. And so um, we thought, okay, there's not a lot of good news happening right now. And so we have an advantage if we share our story just what we're doing we hadn't even had like any success at that point besides getting into yeah. those places that we mentioned yeah. and just kind of say hey here's here's something that's positive and we're trying to help uh help people help the help businesses and so we wrote the press release and we had a connection with the pr company from the movie stuff that we yeah. mentioned before and they said great yeah we'll send it out and we got to be we were on Sean Hannity's podcast, nine million listeners. We we had a nine minute interview with him. Uh, Good morning America. Good morning Texas. Dallas Morning News. Well, and like what's so crazy about all of that, and the coolest part is when we got the Mikasina deal. I think it was like twenty grand or something. It allowed us to have confidence to start bringing our employees back. Yeah. And be like, hey, uh, do you want to come sell hand sanitizer stations? <laughs> like, we can pay you. At the time, we had enough margin built in because we were selling them for. You know, five hundred fifty dollars because we were making them. You know, here we were paying real like American people. Like right. it was, it wasn't cheap, right? right? And so these were nice stands. So we got to bring back all thirteen people. That's so cool. Within like a month, you know, we had yeah. to convince like the last person was just like, "Is everyone else back?" So <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I'll come sell hand sanitizer. He did not want to come back. Yeah. I won't say who it was, but we were laughing of like once everyone came back the timing of the national press, which like you can't, as a small business owner, you know, Kelsey and I worked for 10 years and felt like we have had some newsworthy things that we could share. And we had some success with Beware of Christians in the movies, but what was fun is the same PR agency that we worked with for 10 years was the same PR agency that, that pitched the press release to Good Morning America and all these other places, which was so cool yeah. that we got that to live in that success with them. Because yeah. we already grinded and like, the movie didn't do great like we didn't get a lot of hits yeah i think like if you're listening and you're a small business owner you want to start your own business thinking that like sometimes you got to take a lot of swings before you get there another story too in that that i would even say is like you know whether it be from a sales perspective entrepreneurial perspective whatever that is like there's a real value in the the chopping of wood and like yeah. it may not fall immediately 
but that like my reputation matters. Like as you're interfacing with all these vendors and people throughout the years, throughout y'all's story, there's a lot of like kind of overlap between previous ventures. Like, you know, your employees obviously enjoyed working with you. Your PR agency was willing to come work with you again. You know, yeah. like you had investors that were willing to stick with you. And that has something to say about yeah. like y'all's character, the way that you work, the reputation that you had. Um, you know, and so, man, I just think that's a really cool story for people to hear entrepreneurs listening to think about, okay, my reputation in each venture matters yeah. and how I interface with vendors and my employees is important too. That's a really good point. Cause we have formed allies through the years, mm -hmm. right? And like it builds on itself. If you burn yeah. bridges early, your network becomes mm -hmm. like existentially smaller. Yeah. Like you, you and, and you need those people when times like this happen. Mm -hmm. So when we got on, I would say the Sean Hannity radio show was the one that really like just took off because mm -hmm. his listeners care about what he says. And he reaches so many people that we had so we were in the room and when it played, the phone kept, we had like an 800 number call tree and it kept ringing. And we got on the website, we were doing like submission forms for pricing details. Sure. We got like 1600 pricing requests Man. and probably 150 phone calls within 20 minutes. I mean, it was literally like people answering the phone. All they would say is like, please fill out an online form. <laughs> please fill out an online form. Like we can't. We Was can't this talk before to you. we even had e-commerce? Yeah, we didn't have e-commerce on yeah. the website, which is like crazy because it was a little more complicated because hand sanitizer and like some of the pieces yeah. of it. So once we had Sean Hannity, then we got on Good Morning America, and then it was just like a game of mm -hmm. how do we get. So May, I think we did like one and a half million dollars of revenue. Wow. And we weren't prepared or expecting or anything yeah. like that. Wow. And so that was like a crazy experience to go from having never sold a product to a market to like, because yeah. we were all service-based businesses. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah. how do you like typing into Google, like how to ship a package? <laughs> like, we were that new yeah. and like, luckily we had an incredible team. Like I had Ben Monk who was director of operations who went to UVA business school and is super smart. I can yeah. confidently say that I never shipped a package you know, through this whole experience, we shipped like over 150,000 packages at the end of this. Wow. And so the, the growth from May to June to July was like something we've never experienced. But I think we had a great team. We ended up in the middle of the summer having like 30 people working in wow. the warehouse and going crazy, which, you know, we had to do the best we could to abide yeah. by COVID protocols. But at the end of the day, like everyone wanted to work. Yeah and needed to make money to support their families and to support them in general. Yeah, and the team was really flexible, especially Ben. You know, they all signed up to do fun <laughs> sports events yeah. um, and just, to, you know, to pivot to shipping packages and doing FedEx pickups and working in a sweaty warehouse. Um, it's not something they originally signed up for, but I think everybody, especially during that time when everything was so kind of sad and uncertain, um, just to have something to focus on that was positive and just all be able to hang, have an excuse to hang out together. Yeah. Um, and going back to before with like relationships and uh, what reminded me was like, I used to work in corporate marketing. And so, you know, sometimes you would be the client, sometimes you'd be the agency. I got really good advice. It was you you never know who you're going to meet again in life and you never know what side of the table you're going to be sitting on yeah. so the person who's your you know agency and you're the client like you treat them the same respect as if in a couple of years you're the client um and yeah. so the one of the guys who 
the guy, the guy who owns Mika Cena was an act, was an investor in the movie. I had lost his money. Right. So he had lost his money. And so you'd think, wow, like, I hope I never run into that guy again. But um, what I love about Alex is like, he just, he says, he does what he says he's going to do. And so I think that that's what the investors respected about him. Um, and so when he called to say, hey, I can get you hand sanitizer right. stations next week, they weren't like feeling like they were going to be swindled. They right. were like, okay, you at least made the movie that you said you were going to make. It didn't make any money, but you know, this is another opportunity for you to, yeah. you know, come through for us. Yeah. That's really cool. And a, a good, powerful message. Um, and again, Kelsey, you're taking all my lead ins here perfectly. So, uh, that's kind of my next thing is like, obviously wild success story, crazy, like ways that you got there. Um, what would, you know, entrepreneurs are listening and saying, all right, I have an idea, I wanna do this thing. What are some pieces of advice that stick out in your head if someone comes to y'all and they're just sitting in front of you looking to be mentored? Like, what are some things that you think an entrepreneur either needs to know or understand prior to that or some skills that you're like, these things serve us really well? I think, I think like for me, I think what a lot of people get caught up in, I had a kid that I sat down with recently and had coffee and he was like, should I get my MBA? I was like, I don't know if you're asking the wrong person for that. I think like for me, the MBA program, sometimes what's challenging is like, you're running the performas and you're running all this and you're being very analytical and thoughtful and it's great. And for some people, it's a great fit. I would say for most entrepreneurs, it's way more valuable just to like start, get on Squarespace and make your own little website yeah. and design your graphics. like. If you don't look at your first product or your first business and you're not like super embarrassed like a couple years later, then like you, you took too long, Yeah. right? Like when we did Hoy Connection, like I designed the flyers, I designed the website, like we designed it all and it didn't look that great. We didn't have any money to do it any different. Right. So if you're an entrepreneur and you have an idea, just start small, but start somewhere. Yeah. And then Kelsey and I talk about this. This is like a funny story that's a little bit of a tangent, but I think it proves the point because this changed the trajectory of stand-up stations. We had made like two or three million bucks in revenue, and that's a lot of money when you went from zero. Mm -hmm. And so Kelsey and I, obviously, as owners of the business, are counting the money and being like, oh, like we can make this much money and be done. Right. But then that, that caused us to let everyone go again, right? Yeah. And so we we're like, man, to make this business go, like we have to keep buying inventory and buying all these stations and it's just so risky this is crazy and so when we got on good morning america we didn't have enough hand sanitizer dispensers and the guy that we had ordered them from was getting them in from china and we're waiting for them mm. and so we're sitting there like how do i get like i will do anything that it takes to get these dispensers <laughs> and so the reason that this is a parallel to like advice to young entrepreneurs is like sometimes you just have to like show up meet with someone instead of doing it over the phone. So I was like, I'm gonna go to Miami. I called the broker and said, hey, can you set up a meeting with the supplier in Miami? His name is Jimmy. He owns a company called Luminoso LED. And he's in some random warehouse in Miami. And I told the broker, I was like, I'm gonna go to Miami with like a bag of cash and I'm gonna bribe this guy to give me <laughs> these dispensers. You're going to persuade him. Yeah. going to persuade him. But like in Miami, like apparently cash is king and that stuff works and, and bribes work. Um, and so, you know, whether, I don't know, I didn't, I was like looking up are bribes legal? Like, oh, maybe it's like, I'm just giving it as a gift. 
Anyways, it was more of like a joke of like, I'm going to go there and meet with them and find out what is it going to take for yeah. me to get these dispensers. So I called Kelsey. This is my thought at 2 o'clock. I told Kelsey, like, let's get my parents to watch the kids, and you're going to come with me, and we're going to fly to Miami, and we're going to meet with this guy, and we're going to make it happen. Flew to Miami. Jimmy ends up being a hilarious guy. We had a great meeting, and he's like, it's going to cost $48,000 and all. Get them on a plane from China today, and they'll get to you on Tuesday. We met with him on Friday. Yeah. And he was just like, by, by us flying there and just asking him, right. at least we knew a number. So we spent forty eight. We got a cashier's check for $48,000, handed it to him. He got us all the dispensers. And that, because we got the dispensers and because we got that, that's what kicked it into like another gear. Yeah. And it's like if we didn't do that, we would have missed the delivery time. We wouldn't have had enough. We would have waited. He said we ended up, with a, we would have waited like another 30, 40 days, wow. which is an entire month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that that's like a entrepreneurship advice. Don't wait. I don't think you should be patient in anything because you're as not... long as I've known you, that's been true. <laughs> <laughs> because like being patient, it's like time will pass you by. You're not guaranteed another day. Like yeah. things, you don't know what's going to happen in, in your life. And it's like things come up. There's always excuses not to go. And that's what I love most about Kelsey is like, she was willing to get on the plane with me to go to Miami. Yeah. And there's some other In June during COVID and just <laughs> leaving our kid, our two-year-old and one-year-old just... Yeah. Just go. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, but the funny part about that story, by the way, is that now on our new venture, which we won't get into as much, is we're partnered with Jimmy. That's cool. He's our main partner yeah. in the business. So we became like yeah. really good friends. That's super and cool. We went and visited him in, in Miami like a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, it's really yeah. funny. That's awesome. Kelsey, what would be like your piece of advice or some things that you would try to impart to a mentor or a mentee? Yeah, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are multi-talented and, and jack of all trades and Jane of all trades and, <laughs> and all of that. And um, but I think just realizing, and we've realized this as we've gotten older, like what are we actually good at? What are we not good at? Um, and where can we find people that can help, um, you know, bring their talents to the table? And sometimes that requires, you know, raising some money to hire those people. Sometimes it just, uh, you have to convince them of your vision to, to get on board. Like we were fortunate to have you know a friend Michael Allen who did the brand and the website with us for stand-up stations and he's definitely like our our secret not so secret weapon like he does all of the visuals um, you know we're not on paint or Photoshop doing them yeah. um, you know our logos and things like that and so we know that you know in 2021 like your your digital brand and like how you show up online is is number one and so we we don't we want to put our best foot forward and so we you know if that requires giving some equity to him or, or you know paying him yeah. overpaying him uh, we know that it's worth it so i think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up with like no i need to own this certain percentage to make it worth it or or i can you know design things myself mm -hmm. the advice would just be like if it helps you get there faster if it helps you stand out more yeah. then kind of share the responsibilities yeah. that's cool Full circle here. Michael Allen designed our website for Ignite, the ministry that we started oh, in yes. college. I so, forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> I was He's like, the a, thinking in my head, I'm like, why do I know that name? And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. And you had connected to me. Yeah, connected me to him. So that's crazy. That's awesome. Small world, full circle. And so uh, again, with Kelsey, just teeing up every one of my lead-ins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when we're talking about having good partners, the right partners. What, what is something maybe about the insurance industry that either y'all have noticed in your business that you wish would change, uh, whether that be good, bad, indifferent, or um, 
you know, something about uh, maybe how you're choosing broker partners or any of your other, you know, partners that you work with? Yeah, I mean, I think going into toss-up events, like, I didn't really know that much about insurance, mm -hmm. right? I, I knew that if I was going to be setting up events around the country and having 23-year-olds drive box trucks, that <laughs> I probably need yeah. some level of insurance. Yeah. And so working with a broker locally in Dallas to, like, get the property in casualty, like get all the different types of insurance that I needed from the auto to the, you know, the contents. Cause when you sign a lease, you gotta have contents insurance. And then what does that mean? And then really going through, I mean, I think having like a broker is the most important cause like, I don't have time to like educate myself on the details. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, shout out to Higginbotham. Uh, we, <laughs> they did our small business, you know, employee benefits package that we got to offer the Blue Cross Blue Shield Blue Gold and Bronze packages, which were great. Um, but yeah, that's another thing. It's like it saved me time. I didn't have to like sit there and like health insurance is right. like who knows yeah. you, you know, but I do not know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, and then also with stand up stations like product liability insurance and really just like understanding. It's all just about like what I've taken away from it is just like it's really just hedging your risk and just trying to understand like yeah. how much coverage do I need, but how long is the business actually gonna take? And like, cause you can spend a lot on insurance. Yep. And most people maybe are probably underinsured. We mm. tried to like be somewhere in the middle yeah. and not spend too much. Yeah, and that's like a, it's funny as a broker, a conversation that I'm often having with employers or even when I'm sitting with an employee is that I'm like, at the end of the day, a lot of this is like risk tolerance. Yeah. So like, what is your financial world? What risk are you willing to take on? And what are you not willing to take on? And mm -hmm. how much are you willing to pay in premium for that you know, give and take? Uh, and I think oftentimes it kind of gets, uh, maybe maybe that's an oversimplification to a degree, but sometimes it gets too complicated. I'm like, at the end of the day, what what is your risk tolerance? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of people kind of forget that in it. Um, but man, you guys are awesome. Thank you all so much for like spending time, you know, going through it. I'm you know, grateful for y'all's friendship. Um, and, but the example that you set to entrepreneurs, uh, to anyone listening, it is really cool. And uh, I can't wait. And I wish we could share what y'all are doing next because it's awesome. Um, and I can't wait to see y'all be successful again. And I know you will be. So. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Right back at you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much.